Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio on the Airwaves dial at 4752. Your pond is hosted by Megan and Kelsey, who are glad you can't repeat the past because they look like they have killed a man. There should be something else. There should be. <laughs> or have we killed a man? <gasps> bum, bum, bum. You know that Dixie Chick song? Goodbye, Earl? Yeah. Yeah. I found something about that sometimes. <laughs> Goodbye. Pete. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, we are going to do chapter six and seven today. On, Combine arena. Um. Just because of sort of how six flows into seven quite well. Yeah, they make sense. Together. Um. And then we'll do eight and nine next time around, and then the last one I think we'll talk about the movie sort sure. of on its own. Um. We just literally like minutes ago recorded chapter five, so we're a little bit, and we also did a regular episode today. It's the whole big mishmash of things. Yeah, the energy coming down yeah, to chapter time. five was. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard. <laughs> I just want to be up again. Um. So yeah, we're doing trying to bang these all out. Maybe not the movie one today. I don't no, know if we have time. So. But the other, we're trying to bang these all out now because um, Kelsey is home from her holiday and is going to Whitehorse at some point in time, and I'm leaving for my holiday on Friday. So yeah. we have like very little time. Yeah. To do this. So we're gonna do that. So thanks for powering through. Yeah. Thank. Thanks for putting up with our lack of energy. Um. Chapter. So we're on chapter six. We just uh, last week we talked about <laughs> chapter five. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't do the joke twice in a row. <laughs> so just last week, the one that you listened to before, or maybe the one you listened to just before this one, I don't know what you're doing. Um, we talked about the first real meeting between mm-hmm. Daisy and Gatsby in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked a lot about Nick and having some gumption and making some decisions. And I feel like he should have made a better decision and just left New York entirely and just gone back to the Midwest. <laughs> Because <laughs> I feel like a lot of things could have been prevented had he not, like, been party to. I, lo- I love, too, the idea that this is the thing that makes yes. Nick fucking pack his shit and yeah. go. Because I think there's worse. I think, oh, there definitely is worse. But I feel so, like I feel like if he had packed his shit right now, the other worst things wouldn't have happened. Mm, okay, we'll come back to All that. All right. We'll come back to that. Okay. So at the beginning of chapter six, we learn a lot about Jay Gatsby. Yes, we have to do our opening question. Though. We do. Um, what is your most treasured possession? Um, a stuffed elephant puppet that my dad bought me when I was five. Oh my god, that's a good answer. Or was it four? I can't remember. My parents, my dad used to, he plays hockey still, but they used to go to this tournament in uh, Victoria, and it was always in January, and I would always stay with my grandparents, um, who lived here. And my dad told me, I think I was five, eh, it doesn't matter. Uh, my dad told me that he um, would bring me back something big like an elephant. Mm. And so he brought me back this puppet that I still have. And, like, it came with me to Ireland. And, oh, yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah, so that's my, that's my most treasured possession. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, well, we're just moving on. I don't have anything that's as good as that. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. I'm really touched. <laughs> like, <laughs> if something I would... I would yeah, be devastated. of course. Devastated. Oh, that's so... Oh. Yeah. So, uh, Jay Gatsby. <laughs> not really Jay Gatsby, apparently. Is what surprise, surprise. Yeah. Which we found out a little bit in Chapter 5. A little bit of his veneer was off. Yeah. Um, because he me- made mention of his how long it took him to earn mm-hmm. his money. And Nick was like, I thought you... Yeah, you're giving me different answers. Yeah, now. and then he's like, oh, well, well, well. And he has, like, a little excuse. Yeah. Um, 
So we find out that James Gatz is actually his real name mm-hmm. from North Dakota. But it's just, I think that's a great dig by Fitzgerald to oh. be like, nobody fucking comes from North Dakota. Yeah, they had nobody, nobody important. <laughs> nobody important yeah. comes from North Dakota. I, I can't think of a single celebrity from North Dakota. Jay Gatsby. Well, there you go. That's all we got. Um, so, yeah, and if you know of one, please let us know. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> now we just now and also, being assholes. are you from North Dakota? <laughs> How do you know that? that? <laughs> anyway, um, so we find out that in, instead of Jay Gatsby, he is um, James Gatz mm-hmm. from North Dakota. So he legally changed his name at the age of 17 at the specific moment that witnessed the beginning of his career. So that he just reinvented himself. It's very yes. much to me like what's her face, like Rose in Titanic when she steps off the ship and gives the new name. Yeah. And sheds that entire past identity, yeah. And becomes a new person. And lets it go. And just and, and I feel like this is kind of what he's done here as well. Yeah. I like how in Nick's mind, <laughs> just calling yourself a new name equals legally changing it. Like Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird thing for yeah. Nick to say because yeah. he doesn't go to a court and file papers. He takes an opportunity that's given to him and succeeds in it. Yeah, he just runs with it. Yeah. Um, and I like this this phrase here is that Jay Gatsby of West Egg, Long Island sprang from his platonic conception of himself. Mm-hmm. He was a son of God. A phrase which, if it means anything, means just that. And he must be about his father's business. The service of a a vast, vulgar, and meretricious beauty. So he invented just the sort of Jay Gatsby that a 17-year-old boy would be likely to invent, and to this conception he was faithful to the end. Which is such a sick burn. It is. It's such a critique. Because, man, 17-year-olds don't fucking know anything. Oh, and, God, no. And to invent an, an entirely new identity for yourself at 17, and mm-hmm. then to stick with it until the end, oof. <laughs> Aim higher. <laughs> But also evolve, like, yeah. god damn, like, I feel like a, a pretty okay person, but my 17-year-old self fucking sucked. Of course it did. Because you were 17. We all suck. Yeah. But god damn, I love that idea of the service of vast, vulgar, and meretricious beauty. Well, because that, that self-possession that he has and that self-awareness that he has is all fake. Mm-hmm. It's it's commitment to the bit more than it is commitment to himself. Yes. And I think in chapter five, when we see him lose his fucking mind about Daisy Coming showing back. up, yeah. I think that's when you see the real, the real man. So do you? Th- but he, but he, oh. right? Because he's finally like, he, he's yeah. he's so anxious and he's so worked up and he, he lets fun. parts of it like seep out. Yes, accidentally, of course. And mm-hmm. then when he adjusts himself there at the end. It's to, putting on airs. It's to pull that all back together and, and be Jay Gatsby again. So Gatsby is aware that rich people are full of shit. Mm-hmm. And, and he knows also how easy it is to become one of them. Mm-hmm. Well. But but to, to to fit into that world. Yes. Maybe not become one of them, but to, to, slide, in, become one to them. slide into that world, he's figured out it's pretty easy. Yes. Or to make yourself seem as if you yeah. are of that world. Yeah. I find that so interesting because it seems like he's 
he comes from this poverty background. He's has this idea idea that he needs to be great. He deserves to be great. Mm-hmm. But yet there's this contrary idea of that greatness is fake. Yes. So he'll find meaning by participating in something that is unmeaningful. It's all for show. Yes. Everything that he has done. Yes. Everything that he has done has been to win Daisy back. Mm Mm-hmm. So all of the airs that he's put on and the house that he's renting and the parties that he's throwing and whatever. Have, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. And it, thinking back about the fact that like no one gets invited to the parties, mm-hmm. I wonder if at some point he was hoping that Tom and Daisy would just show up. Of course. Right? And then he wouldn't have to like orchestrate anything. They would just be there. And then she could see him mm-hmm. in all of this splendor and this grandeur. Um... Because when he met her, he didn't have much. He wasn't dirt poor, but he didn't have much. He was charismatic. Yes. He had a sense of a purpose and position, because he was in the army, Mm -hmm. and that can be a great equalizer of people. And so it would be... So status didn't really matter. And it would also feel pretty realistic, ultimately, that he could have somehow come out of the war. Yeah. And become like a self-made man. Of course. Because that was, in the time, that (laughs) was happening. Yeah. So it feels like it feels like that's all plausible, and he was just waiting. It never happened, and it never happened. Mm-hmm. So just to orchestrate that awkward meeting with Daisy to be like, "Hey, P.S. Remember me." Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in chapter six, then Tom enters the floor. enters the and oh god, like talk about a party you don't want to be at. Fuck. No, this is the one where I'd be like, like what's gonna happen like biting my nails wanting to observe this one yeah i think chapter seven you'd be like you'd be like claudia's behind the curtains not (laughs) necessarily i I don't be participating or not sorry viewing just observing i'm just i'm pulling nick but what i find really interesting is they throw tom into this situation um and tom of all people is the one to be like no this is all bullshit Oh, and Tom is just full of shit. Like, everything that Tom does. Oh, my God. Oh. The irony is delicious. It really... Oh, he's just the fucking worst. I hate him so much. There is a most, 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 um, wonderful... Like, I mean, we don't... Do we have to talk about Gatsby's background? Not really. I don't think it matters. We just know... He did inherit some money. He inherited $25,000 from a man named Dan Cody, and that got him started. Yeah. Sort of. Sort of. Um, but it's really like he had to scrape himself up. Yeah. So he inherited this money. He never never actually got the money, but it gave him the the sort of means mm-hmm. and the the path to follow to become who he wanted to be. Yes. Um, and so that's an important thing. But that's really all that matters. So he still started this journey as Jake Asby with basically nothing. Yes. So yes. Yeah, so Tom <laughs> shows up on the fucking scene. Oh God. Um, and Nick and Jordan are still, like, sort of dating each other, courting, seeing each other awkward. Casually, well, he's, like, whatever. whatever. He's, like, trying to meet her. Like, you know, you get familiar with her aunts that her, you know, and that kind of thing. So it's, like, more serious than just, like, hanging out at Gatsby's house. Yes, but I don't think that Nick is particularly invested in that relationship. No, no. So he goes, so Sunday after, oh, a Sunday afternoon, he goes over to Gatsby's house and somebody, <laughs> some motherfucker 
brings Tom Buchanan. And immediately Tom is like, I don't fucking like this guy. Yeah. He seems desperate. <laughs> he seems needy. Which, coming from someone who peaked at 19, is just like... Oh, it's savage. Oh, it's man. so savage. And he's immediately just like, no. There's this delicious foreshadowing uh, right here near the beginning when Tom walks in and he's like, um, because Tom comes in on horseback. <laughs> Triumphantly. Of the fucking course he does. Oh, God. Uh, and, um, Gatsby was very sort of, um, taken aback by Tom showing up, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he's like, did you have a nice ride? And then Tom's like, uh, yeah, very good roads around here. And then I suppose the automobiles. And then it just stops. It's just, and I, I love it. Because later... It's so subtle. It's so, so subtle. It's so subtle. Um, And then Gatsby is like, well, okay. I believe we've met. (laughs) Like, he he knows he has to. He's the host. He has to, you know. And he's still... He knows who Tom is, obviously. Um, Tom has no idea about the history between Gatsby and and Daisy. But he knows that as the host, he has to, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of participate in that social more. And Tom is in absolutely no position to give a fuck. No. No. It's just like, you're at his house, dude. But I love how in all of that, doesn't Tom say, um, because Gatsby almost like invites himself along with this lady who's obviously super fucking drunk, mm-hmm. like intoxicated. Um, right. So he says, my God, I believe the man's coming, said Tom. Doesn't he know she doesn't want him? Mm-hmm. He's so fucking rude. And he he's says it aloud. Yeah, he's the worst. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and he says, I wonder where the devil he met Daisy. By God, I may be old-fashioned in my ideas. <laughs> Self-aware, Tom, thank Wait, you. What? But women run around too much these days to suit me. They meet all kinds of crazy fish. Really, Tom, women run around too much. Women run around too much. That paragraph makes my head want to explode. Oh. I love this concept of an insult being a crazy fish, though. <laughs> I want to put that into my vernacular. I'm writing it down. Okay. You're one crazy fish. Um. Because <laughs> fish are fucking gross, Megan. To be called a crazy one is pretty gross. I, I don't like fish at all. Me neither. Um. So. <laughs> this the other uh, wonderful little foreshadowing here. They. Tom and this Mr. Sloan and this other one, this woman who's never named, I don't think, mm-hmm. um, they're leaving, mm-hmm. and Gatsby is, like, invited to go with them, ultimately, um, and Nick's like, uh, no. <laughs> no, thanks. Good job, Nick. Again, good yeah. job. But it's funny, because <laughs> Gatsby's like, I haven't got a horse. I used to ride in the army, but I've never bought a horse. I'll have to follow you in my car. Just. Which oof. is just like, no. Just no. I know. Um, and so, so Tom was very upset about Daisy perhaps running around by herself or whatever. So they show up on Saturday night to the party. Accompanied. Yes. Um, there were the same people, or at least the same sort of people, the same profusion of champagne, the same many-colored, many-keyed commotion, but I felt an unpleasantness in the air, a pervading mm-hmm. harshness that hadn't been there before. Gee, I wonder. I love. How Tom Buchanan's appearance and that that um pervading harshness could be linked come on nick get your shit together i also love the consonants in that 
Profusion of champagne, many-colored, many-keyed commotion. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful sentence. The Mm -hmm. rhythm of it is wonderful. And this is what I don't get about Daisy and Tom, is obviously they are opposites. Daisy's excited. She loves a grand party. Like, she's she's that socialite. Whereas Tom fucking hates them. Mm -hmm. Tom hates parties. Mm -hmm. Tom hates everything. Tom hates... Except for money. And white people. <laughs> and white people. Ah, he doesn't like all white people, let's That's be honest true. here. That's I don't true. think he even especially likes his wife all that much. Mm, but he has her. Yes, good question. I don't, think, I don't think he likes her, but he's definitely got her. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, and Gatsby's trying to impress them. Do you think that Gatsby's trying to impress Tom? I think a little bit. Why would that matter to him? Uh, I think he's... Well, this is... Uh, maybe, maybe I'm reaching, but I feel like if he impresses Tom... And then Daisy runs away with him. Then Tom will know that she's, like, looked after. But, God, you snatched her from me, you scoundrel! Yes. Like, something like that. Yeah, but, you know, but he's got the money, and he's got the this and the this and whatever, and mm-hmm. so he's probably an okay dude. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Or, Gatsby's trying to, um, maybe not impress Tom. This is, this is probably more likely. He's trying not trying to impress Tom so much, but be like, yeah, I measure up. Mm. I think he's trying to impress Daisy by pitting himself uh-huh. against Tom. And he tries to kind of demasculate Tom because he introduces him as the polo player, <laughs> which I fucking love. Yeah. And he says, I'd rather, I'd a little rather not be the polo player. I'd rather look at all these famous people in oblivion. Mm-hmm. And that really surprises me about Tom. Mm-hmm. Tom wants to go to this place in which he knows that he's not the most superior man and he wants to be anonymous. Yes. Yeah, he, he just wants to be Tom Buchanan. He doesn't yeah. want to be Tom Buchanan, the polo player. Yeah, he doesn't want to label other than his own name. But he'll label everybody else. Of course he will. Because he's just... A, oh, I hate him so much. God, I hate him. He's the worst. But I love how Gatsby is connecting to that peak in university athlete idea. Yeah. And has picked it up. Whereas Gatsby, and you could always make the argument because he's like this self-made man. Yeah. He can he, recognize it when someone isn't. But he's also, I don't think he's necessarily peaked yet. Like, you know, he's worked, you know what I mean? I feel like because he did it all himself and it wasn't the inherited whatever, yeah. he, I think he might feel that there's like a potential for more. And he still has potential. And he still has, whereas Tom doesn't have anything. All Tom has is his name. In status and status quo. Yes. Whereas, oh, I like that idea of Tom not having any potential. No, Tom, no, because he peaked. Yeah. And he's on the downhill. Whereas Gatsby's, Gatsby's on a roller coaster that only goes up right now. Mm-hmm. Sad. It is real sad. <laughs> That's a real depressing thought. Because then is. the track runs out, ultimately. Um, and so, and Daisy's, like, oblivious to all of this posturing. Because she's or, just, or she's doing exactly what, oblivious. no, but she's doing exactly what Gatsby wanted her to. Yes. Which is to be intoxicated by what she sees. Yes. It's and, such a spectacle. Yes. She loves it. But I don't know if she, is she oblivious to it or is she outwardly oblivious to it? Like, is she playing the beautiful fool or is she the beautiful fool right now? I think she is right now. And she's just, it's the shirts all over again. It's that mm-hmm. whole display of wealth and whatever. And she's just so kind of overcome. Yeah. Um, because she, I think it's until her and Gatsby have their time alone together. Mm-hmm. And then she becomes the beautiful fool. Yes. And Gatsby has the 
momentary uh, awareness to be able to pick up on that. Um, Daisy says at one point in time that she there's this woman that she's that she's speaking to who she likes and thinks that Daisy thinks that she's lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and this woman's an actress. Um, is who she likes and then but then Nick notices but the rest offended her and inarguably because it wasn't a gesture but an emotion she was appalled by West Egg this unprecedented place that Broadway had begotten upon a Long Island fishing village appalled by its raw vigor that chafed under the old euphemisms by the too obtrusive fate that herded its inhabitants along a shortcut from nothing to nothing she saw something awful in the very simplicity she failed to understand so she's very much trapped mm-hmm. by shiny things. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And she can't. Everything else that this place represents, she can't stand. Mm-hmm. Um, but she loves because this. she lives in it. She loves the spectacle. Yes, I think because she lives in it and she knows the dark side of what all of this is, mm-hmm. and she like that's her life experience. Mm-hmm. What I find super interesting too is how, um, oh shit, I lost my thought. God damn it, what was it? I don't know. Oh yes, how Tom picks up on how all this is bullshit. Mm -hmm. And he he gives himself, (laughs) he gives himself a job to do. He's like, I'm going to find out what's up with this Gatsby. Mm-hmm. I think I'll make a business of it. Yeah. Because. And he assumes that Gatsby's a bootlegger. He assumes, yeah. Which makes sense. He says a lot of these newly rich people are just big bootleggers, you know. And Nick says, no, not Gatsby. How is it that Tom is more aware of something than Nick is? Because Nick doesn't want to see it. I think that's Why the should Nick care? Because I think Nick has a real affinity for Gatsby as a person. And I think and I think that the notion of bootlegging as exciting and as thrilling as it might be, it's still illegal, right? And I think that Nick wants to sort of believe the best in in his friend. Mm-hmm. He he after all he's been through, he's abiding to this moral code yes. where he allows his friend to cheat with his cousin. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, vice versa. Yeah. But this is something he's like I feel like he's just constantly rewriting what his moral code is well I think to the context of this in the 20s and this is going to sound sort of maybe antithetical for what we may think today Mm. but women were possessions and commodities to be had and Daisy was the most valuable Yeah. and so Gatsby wanted the most valuable and he went after it and Nick also fucking hates Tom. And I think that's I think that's part of it. Right? I think if I feel like if if Nick doesn't hate Tom Buchanan as much as he does, then yeah. he might not have been okay with being complicit in this. But I think that really and truly he believes that if Daisy can get away from Tom and be with Gatsby, that she'll be better. Yeah. Right? And I think that that's probably in the end the reason that he sort of is allowed he kind of lets that that yes. moral ambiguity slide. Okay. I think I think you're right cuz in terms of the prioritizing of information, what we learn first in the book is that Tom's a fucking dick and Daisy's real sad. Mhm. 
And then you meet Gatsby. Yes, and I think that's important. If you meet Gatsby first, it changes sort of the complexion of that. But because we know that Tom's an asshole, we know that Daisy's sad. Mm-hmm. She has the line about the beautiful fool. And then we meet um, Myrtle. And, you know, this, like, brash, loud, obnoxious woman that Tom's yeah. banging on the side. Um, <laughs> but this is, I mean, really, he doesn't yeah. love her. He doesn't love anything except for his money. But I think he, he cares more for Myrtle than he does for Daisy. For Daisy. But he could never, ever be with Myrtle no. in, in polite society because she's not from that strata. But I don't Daisy think he also cares to. No, but he... he doesn't want her around 24-7. But he doesn't want anyone around 24-7. No. Right? And so having Daisy around is good because Daisy doesn't want, really want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's still a commodity and a possession and she's a prize. Yeah. And he has her, which makes him the winner. I rules. Mm-hmm. It's... What I find really interesting about that is that Daisy is originally pulled in by this dream with the crying and with the, you know, being excited and 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 blown away by the spectacle of this party. And then, as we said, she slowly begins to see, as Tom does, mm-hmm. the falseness of it. And there's this great romantic notion that he talks about... Um, when Nick says goodbye to Daisy, it's a long paragraph. I apologize for reading it. But um, she says, Good night, Nick. And he says, Her glance left me and sought the lighted top of the steps for three o'clock in the morning. A neat, sad little waltz of that year was drifting out the open door. After all, in the very casualness of Gatsby's party, there were romantic possibilities totally absent from her world. What was it up there in the song that seemed to be calling her back inside? What would happen now in the dim, incalculable hours? Perhaps some unbelievable guest would arrive, a person infinitely rare and to be marveled at, some authentically radiant young girl who, with one fresh glance at Gatsby, one moment of magical encounter, would blot out those five years of unwavering devotion. Mm -hmm. Even though she knows that about Mm -hmm. Gatsby, she's still insecure. Mm -hmm. And she's still, essentially, jealous. Yes, absolutely. That she has to go home to this fucking dick. Yep. And she believes that there's a any woman out there mm-hmm. who might replace her. Mm-hmm. Now, is that more care for Gatsby? Or is that desperation? Is that feelings of I have this out and it could be lost by anyone therefore I can't let it be lost I think maybe a little bit of both Mm. I think she cares about him I think it's obvious that she cares about him um but I think that um she's also trapped because she has this child Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, we never talk about the child ever again, but... Nobody ever does. But there is a child, right? <laughs> and and so it's she can't just, like, walk away. Yeah. And she also can't just walk away. There, that, that structure doesn't allow her to. No. Right? And so it's kind of like, in the same way that, you know, Tom's sort of like, well, I have Daisy. She's like, well, I have Gatsby's heart. Mm. In that same respect. And I think that that's cruel. Because... Oh, of course it is. She'll never... She'll never be with him. No. As long as Tom's in the picture. Um, and it's bad for Gatsby, essentially, oh, to be with her. So bad. It but truly then, is. But then we find out that what Gatsby really wants. <laughs> it's amazing. He wanted nothing less of Daisy than that she should go to Tom and say, I never loved you. 
After she had obliterated four years of that sentence, they could decide upon the more practical measures to be taken. One of them was that after she was free, they were to go back to Louisville and be married from her house, just as if it were five years ago. And then Nick's like, mm, you can't repeat the past. And then uh, Gatsby's like, can't repeat the past? Why, of course you can. I'm going to fix everything just the way it was before. She'll see. How? What does that mean? Well, see, this is the thing. He's been working to get this. Mm-hmm. And he had the meeting with her. And it went great. went wonderful. She's down a clown. But now it's not enough. So that idea of perfect happiness that we talked about. It's always a moving target It's for a moving him. target. And the most treasured possession mm-hmm. for Gatsby is her. Is her. Mm-hmm. And that sucks because she's a person and not a thing. And no one's asking what Daisy wants. No, nobody cares what Daisy wants. Nobody cares. Um, I don't even know if Daisy knows what she's wanting. And so, all through chapter six, at the beginning, there's, like, some speculation about him and, you know, is he a bootlegger and all this kind of stuff. And then, so, when we get into chapter seven, Mm -hmm. then it opens up with, um, it was when Curiosity about Gatsby, was when Curiosity about Gatsby was at its highest that the lights in his house failed to go on one Saturday night. And obscurely, and as obscurely it had had begun, his career as Tremalchio was over. Mm -hmm. So, it was very shortly after fucking Tom Buchanan showed up. That the um, glitz and the glam and the mystery yeah. being a positive thing is imploded in Gatsby's face, which shows you the power of Tom. Yes. Ugh. What an asshat. But in this, I don't know. Is this a good thing Tom did? I mean, maybe, sort of. Like it, it in a sense, it's like if if you are friends who's with someone who is doing something illegal, and. I'm assuming what Tom believes is that he's fooling people. Tom is not a man who likes to be tricked. No, no. So I think Tom believes he's doing a good thing. Yeah. So Tom believes that what he's, yeah, that he's sort of orchestrating. He's doing his own orchestrations, right? And he's trying to, like, sort of make things the way that he needs them to be mm-hmm. in order for things to carry on. So no one sees Gatsby and no one sees Gatsby and everybody kind of doesn't know what's going on. And then... Um, Nick realizes that he's fired all his servants. Yes, all the servants are gone. Because they... What he's done... I kind of love this. It kind of makes Gatsby into a mob boss. A bit. Because if you don't keep my fucking secrets... Yeah. <laughs> you're going to sleep yeah. with the fishes a little bit. Yeah. And Daisy's coming over. The affair is in full force now. Yeah. And so he can't employ people who can or will talk. So then... It's just, oh, the whole thing is just so fucking weird. So he ends up, so Nick ends up at Tom's house, and Jordan's there, and Gatsby's there, and Why? Daisy's there, and Jordan and Daisy are, like, laying on the couch. Like, it's just the whole thing. This is maybe the worst party of all of them. Yes. Might be worse than the one with Myrtle in Chapter 2. It's so hot. Oh, it's just the goddamn worst. It's so hot that, like, nobody can move. And Tom's on the phone, talking to Myrtle, probably. Probably. Oh, good but lord. But also, like... It's so goddamn hot. You're on Long Island, surrounded by water. And Gatsby's got a goddamn pool. Go in the pool! Like, what are you people doing? They're all wearing suits and shit. Yeah. Like, come on, you rich people. So, and so as Tom, as Tom leaves the room, once Nick and Gatsby get there, Daisy comes up to Gatsby and kisses him, like, right on the mouth. 
The and gun. Jordan and Jordan pretends to be all scandalized, but like as if she's never done that before, and as if she's not going to tell anybody. Oh, good lord! And then the child shows up <laughs> the again. Child, you sound like it's like the child, but it's Satan. Kind of is. She was she's Tom's child, so yes, agreed. <laughs> and she's there oh. for just this little tiny bit, and then then that's the first time that Gatsby really realized Mm -hmm. that yes, there's a kid involved in this and it's not just, it's not just Tom and Daisy. Yeah. And then, but then Daisy says she doesn't look like her father. She looks like me. And I have always wondered if this child is Tom's child or if Daisy has had her own transgression. I've always wondered. And I don't know, there's no evidence to support it, but it's just one of those weird little things. But that, I think what that's, that comment is doing is appealing to Gatsby. And her it, being like, don't if worry. we come with you, she's not like Tom. She doesn't look like Tom. Yeah. Could we pass her off as... As yours. As your Like, I think yeah. that's what she's trying to do. But I've often wondered if... But I like your theory. But I think for your theory to work, I think the only... Similar to Tom, ironically... The only person that she would have had an affair with would be, like, a servant Mm -hmm. who caught her in a desperate Mm -hmm. emotion Mm -hmm. and, you know, things, one, two, three things happen. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it could be anything except for that. She would see it as a mistake. She would see it as wrong. There's a lot to her that Mm -hmm. would socially not allow that to happen. So, yeah, and so this, all this shit's going on, and then they decide to leave. Also, Pammy. Ugh, I know. Um, Gatsby, Daisy tells Gatsby that she loves him, and Tom Buchanan saw it, and then Tom's like, he's pissed. Yeah. It's like, he doesn't have any right to be, really, because of the shit that he's got going on the side, but whatever. And she doesn't actually say, I love you. She looks no. at Gatsby and says, you look so cool, you always look so cool. Yeah. But it's, it's done in a way, yes, and that gentle, in a way. Yes. And so, then they decide to go to town. Like, I don't know what happens there. I don't know if they're, like, delirious with the heat. Like, I have no idea. But all of these terrible things happen. Yes. Be- but it's it's Daisy's idea. Yes. She lo- I and we we personally you and I have talked about this. She loves to run away from a conflict. You she did. cannot deal with conflict whatsoever. No. So Tom realizes this affair is happening. He says, Are you trying to have a row? Or is that what he says? I think so. No, he says that at the plaza, doesn't he? Oh, maybe that, yeah, that is at the plaza. But something happens. And yes. Tom says something and she's just like, no, blah, 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 let's go somewhere else. And I think that's her just trying to flee mm-hmm. an awkward situation. And by leaving that place, she's assuming that the conflict will also end. Mm-hmm. I think that's what she's trying to do. Yeah. And provide a distraction. Oh, we're in the city now. Yes. Something different, yes, something different, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they do, and um, Daisy orchestrates this. She goes with Gatsby, and then Tom takes Nick and Jordan, Mm -hmm. which is weird. It's such a like my kids always ask, "What is this?" And I'm just like, "Well, it's a plot device." Yeah, it has to be. (laughs) It has to be. It's only setting a situation up for Fitzgerald to fulfill. Unfortunately. Um, And so. You know, the whole thing, like, Daisy asks if they should take anything to drink, and Tom's like, let's go get some whiskey. I'm like, we're gonna drive and drink the whiskey. Sounds great. Of course they do. Um, but then, but then, <laughs> is when Gatsby says the thing that I think I love the most, is when he says about, to Daisy that, 
um, or about Daisy, that her voice is full of money. Yes. And then Nick realizes finally, he says, that was it. I'd never understood before. It was full of money. That was the inexhaustible charm that rose and fell in it. The jingle of it. The simple song of it. High in a white palace, the king's daughter, the golden girl. So Gatsby is in love with the money and the idea and the status and whatever, and probably not with Daisy herself. And that's what she represents. That's what you hear. That's what you see. Yes. I always think of that as like, she's a valley girl. Oh, so, oh God, so much. Right? Like, yeah. Whereas, like, she's like, what's her face? It's got that recognizable sound. She's a, she's like, what's her face and bring it on? The cheerleader, Kirsten Torrance? Dunst. No, is her name Torrance? Yes. And oh, they're the Toros. No, her name's Torrance. Yeah, but they're like, yeah. the Toros. Yes. And uh, Jordan Baker is um, Eliza Dushku. <laughs> like, in her. Oh. Right? It's that. Oh it's, my god, this is great. There you go. You're welcome. Um. So then, so Daisy orchestrates this, like, whatever, so she's riding in Gatsby's car, and then Nick and Jordan, and then Tom in the car is just going off about how much he hates Gatsby, and, you know, whatever, and that's fine. And he hates Gatsby's car, he calls it a circus wagon. He does. Which, like, Tom... And so Nick and Jordan are trying to, like, be like, no, no, he's an Oxford man, he's done all these things, and, and Tom's yeah. like, Oxford, New Mexico. Um, and then Jordan is like, if you're such a snob, why did you invite him for lunch? Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody, everybody hates it. And then, of course, they come across um, Dr. T.J. Eckelberg's eyes. And then <laughs> Nick's like, oh, right, there's, we have to worry about gas. And then Jordan's like, oh, there's a garage right there. And then guess who? everything goes to fucking shit. <sighs> because Daisy invented Gatsby over to lunch. What was she doing? Anyway, so everything just goes to shit. So Tom goes to... Um, George Wilson's garage, garage to get some gas. gas in Gatsby's circus wagon yes. in his bright yellow car that everybody knows because it's the only one like it. Because mm-hmm. of course it is. Yeah. You dumb shit. And then George Wilson <laughs> reveals that his wife wants to go west, and Tom's like, "What the fuck? Your wife wants to go west?" Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and now she's going whether she wants to or not. I'm going to get her away because, of course, George Wilson knows that. Shit has gone on. Yeah. Um, he is not a stupid man, I don't think. I think he was ignorant. No. But he's not stupid. Um, what I love is Nick's observation here. Because George Wilson has wised up to his wife's having an affair. Yeah. Tom also has. And so Nick is looking at these two men and comparing them. Because they're in, mm-hmm. for the first time in their lives, the same situation. Yes. And he says, um, the relentless beating he was beginning to confuse me. And I had a bad moment there before I realized that so far, his suspicions, meaning George, hadn't alighted on Tom. He had discovered that Myrtle had some sort of life apart from him in another world, and the shock had made him physically sick. I stared at him, and then at Tom, who had made a parallel discovery less than an hour before, and it occurred to me that there's no difference between men an intelligence or race so profound as the difference between the sick and the well. Wilson was so sick that he looked guilty, unforgivably guilty, as if he had just got some poor girl with child. Mm-hmm. And yet Tom, perfectly in control. Mm-hmm. He's the one who's like, you want to go in the city? Let's fucking go in the city. Mm-hmm. You wanted to do it? Let's go. You drive with your little boy. We'll all follow you. And the other observation that Nick makes is, of course, Myrtle Wilson. And he sees 
that yeah. Tom is there. He sees that she sees that Tom is there with himself and who she knows, yeah. and a woman who she doesn't know, and assumes, of course, that that's Daisy. Tom's uh, yeah. Tom's wife. Because why would she know any better? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then the ne- the next paragraph is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no confusion like the confusion of a simple mind. Um, and as we drove away, Tom was feeling the hot whips of panic. His wife and mistress, until an hour ago, secure and inviolate, were slipping preci- precipitately from his control. Instinct made him step on the accelerator with the double purpose of overtaking Daisy and leaving Wilson behind, and we sped along toward Astoria at 50 miles an hour. Until, among the spidery girders of the elevated, we came in sight of the easygoing blue coupe. I love that line. Double pers- purpose of overtaking Daisy... And leaving Wilson behind. Mm-hmm. So do you think his intent is to take back Daisy, obviously, but also stop things with the Wilsons? Yes. I think he wants to just pack up and go. Already at that point? I think so. Just like, fuck everything? Yeah, let's go somewhere else and start over. Fuck this dude. Yeah. Fuck this dude. Fuck this chick. Yeah. You are mine and I'm in yours and that's it. Yeah. Hmm. Um... And then we get to the plaza. We get to the plaza, and I don't know why they're in Oh, Jesus Christ. It's just insane. They're so rich. Ugh. Just the worst. Um, like, they really are. They're just awful. Um, and they're just this weird cacophony of uh, of a conversation where there's, like, nine things happening. Daisy's like, I got married in the summertime and someone fainted and Tom's on the phone. Like, it's just a goddamn disaster. And they're like, remember your friend was there. And he's like, what? I don't know that person. Who's that person? And someone, like, crashed their wedding. And then... Like, it's it's insane. Everyone's talking, but no one's talking is essentially what's happening in that scenario. And then Tom calls Daisy out, or Tom calls Gatsby out, rather, about his, like, time at Oxford, and he's like, I only stayed five months, so I can't really call myself an Oxford man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, it was an opportunity I got after the war, we could go to any of the universities in England or France, which, you know, whatever. Um, and then Daisy's just like, she's like, the first time to her husband, she stands up to him, she's like, open the whiskey, Tom, and I'll make you a mint julep. Then you won't seem so stupid to yourself. Look at the mint. Great. You won't seem so stupid to yourself. What a great line. Not to everyone else. No, just to yourself. For yourself. Tom doesn't think he's stupid. (laughs) Tom thinks he's doing the Lord's work here. He's now a detective. He's interrogating Gatsby. And And he's got one more question. Oh, and he has one more. He does. He has one more question. And then he wants to know what kind of a row are you trying to cause in my house anyway? Mm Mm-hmm. And Daisy's like, he isn't. You are. And it, oh, Please I, have a little self-control. Oh, but Tom's blowout is so good! Oh. He loses it. Just as, he oh, loses God. it. He says, I suppose the latest thing is to sit back and let Mr. Nobody from Nowhere make love to your wife. Well, if that's the idea, you can count me out. Nowadays, people begin by sneering at family life and family oh, institutions. Motherfucker. And next, they'll throw everything overboard and have intermarriage between black and white. And then Jordan's like, no, we're all white. <laughs> like, she's just, like, trying to, like, cut the tension. I don't know. And it just Jordan. goes and it goes and it goes oh, and it goes. And then finally Gatsby tries to explain, um, you know, but, you know, he says that both of us loved each other all of that time. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know. I used to laugh sometimes to think that you didn't know. And then 
And then Gatsby loses his, or Tom loses his mind, and he's like, I can't speak about what happened five years ago because I didn't know Daisy then, and I'll be damned if I see how you got within a mile of her unless you brought the groceries to the back door. That is a savage burn. <laughs> Love it. Um, and then... Oh, and what's more, he says, I love Daisy too. Once in a while I go off on a spree and make a fool of myself, but I always come back and in my heart I love her all the time. And then Daisy tells him that he's revolting. And it feels like she's almost at that point where she's she gonna is. she's gonna tell him. It's the closest she's ever gotten. Yeah. Because and I think this is important, she speaks aloud about the affairs. Cause that's not something mm-hmm. that she tells people Jordan tells Nick, right? She says, do you know why we left Chicago? I'm surprised they didn't treat you to the story of that little spree. Mm-hmm. That's significant it, for her to speak it aloud. It is. But Gatsby wants her to, like, rescind the past and be like, I never loved Tom. And she's like, but how could I? What? Yeah. And then she says it, but she doesn't quite believe it. Mm-hmm. And then she says, I did love him once, but I loved you too. And that's not enough. No. So again, he's got everything he wants, and if he just kept his fucking mouth shut, everything would have been fine. And he knows that Daisy is lost, and there's this great image of her self-imploding, and I'm just trying to find it. Oh, fuck. Yes. Um, so this is after Gatsby essentially explodes. He uh, is told information about, Tom says that drugstore business was just small change, but you've got something on now that Walter's afraid to tell me about Walter Chase, the Mm -hmm. banker. And Gatsby is described uh, as Nick being startled at his expression. He looked, and this is said in all contempt for the babbled slander of his garden, as if he had killed a man. Mm-hmm. And Daisy seeing essentially the two men in her life fucking screaming at each other. Yeah. And each one acting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And what I love is his observation of her. But with every word, she was draw the, drawing further and further into herself. So he gave that up and only the dead dream fought on as the afternoon slipped away. Trying to touch what was no longer tangible, struggling unhappily undespairingly toward that lost voice across the room beautiful and at that moment she doesn't appeal to Gatsby no she says please Tom mm-hmm. essentially get me out of here mm-hmm. and Stop then all this. and then he allows her allows her to leave with Gatsby because he's one because he's one so he's he doesn't one. give a shit if she hangs nope. out with Gatsby a little bit because he's He's victorious. Mm-hmm. And so he says to go in Gatsby's car. And then Nick's like, hey, it's my birthday. Like, that's just so goddamn... It's such a mess! <laughs> I love it. It's wonderful. Oh, and Nick! And so, so they leave. Um, they leave. So Gatsby and Daisy leave together in Gatsby's car. And then Tom and Jordan and Nick leave in Tom's car. Mm-hmm. And Nick's line here is, so we drove on toward death through the cooling twilight. And that's such a great image. Um, but basically... And it's death in a lot of ways. He's talking about the death of Gatsby's dream. Yes. It's lost to him now. What they perceive to be the loss of all these relationships. How can they recover? Yeah. But it's also night. It's nighttime. And that's... Yes. So, um, 
Gatsby and Daisy are driving along, and Tom and, and Nick and Jordan follow a little bit later, and they come up across um, a An wreck. accident, yeah. And so what had happened um, was that there's this death car ran over Myrtle Wilson. Mm-hmm. And the death car was maybe like green, according to a witness. But they don't know. But it's absolutely yellow. But it's absolutely yellow, yes. Um, And so... um, Myrtle Wilson is dead. And she was struck by Gatsby's car. Mm -hmm. And Tom, being the piece of shit that he is, when they see the crash, he's like, oh good, Wilson will have a little business. Of course he doesn't know, but like, what a terrible thing to say. Regardless. Just regardless regardless in general, right? Um, And so they slow down, and Tom's very excited that there's this trouble, and then he figures out what's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, there was two cars. They learned there was one coming and one going, um, and she ran out, and the one coming from New York knocked right into her, going 30 or 40 miles an hour. And uh, Tom's sort of figuring out what happened. Mm-hmm. And then George Wilson realized what kind of car, what he knows what kind of car it was. And this is the moment that it all just sort of goes to shit. Because mm-hmm. uh, he saw Tom driving that he car. He saw Tom driving that car mm-hmm. earlier in the day. Um, and Tom is horrified um, by what's going on in his way. But he doesn't have that outward reaction. But the muscles under his coat tighten up and he's very like, shit. Yeah. And what I love is about that, that his first thing that he does is he gives himself an alibi. Mm-hmm. He says, no, I'm driving a blue car. We just came in from New York. That wasn't my car this morning. That was a friend's mm-hmm. car. Like, he's telling it to Wilson. He's telling it to the cops. He's protecting numero uno first. Of course he is. Um, and I wonder Not if Not that had... his wife was in that car. I wonder if he had known if he would have done something different. If he would have known what? Who was driving. No. I think whatever it is, it's the same. So, um... And then he pretends to be a friend of Wilson's, because of course he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really interesting, because he keeps himself together as much as he can. Yeah. Because he has to, because he's Tom Buchanan. But as they drive away from the scene of this crash, he cries. He does. And he's like, he's mad as shit about Daisy and Gatsby. Mm-hmm. But then he cries about Myrtle Wilson. And that tells me a lot. Yeah. That he likes Myrtle a lot more than he likes his wife. But she's not a prize to be had. But I think it's also the fact that Myrtle was taken from him. Yes. And there was nothing he could do to prevent this, except for it was this fucking piece of shit Gatsby who did it. Mm Mm-hmm. And now, well, he assumes, and now that just fuels his hatred even more. I don't think anything's ever been taken from Tom before. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he quite knows how to process that, but you're right. There's some legitimate feeling there. So Nick gets back to Gatsby's and, uh, or back to his house and Gatsby's kind of waiting for him and asks if there's any trouble, was any trouble on the road and, and Nick says yes. And Gatsby asks if the woman was killed and he says yes. Um, and then he says, um, I got to West Egg by a side road and left the car in my garage. I don't think anybody saw us, but of course I can't be sure. And Nick, Nick's narration is, I like, disliked him so much by this time that I didn't find it necessary to tell him he was wrong. And then, um... Nick asks how it happens, and we find out that it was Daisy driving, and mm-hmm. it wasn't Gatsby driving. Um, and so it seems that Myrtle wanted to, like, talk to them. 
She's reaching. She was reaching, and yeah. because of the car, obviously. Um, she thought it was Tom. She thought it was Tom. Coming anyway. to save her from her husband, who had locked her upstairs. Yes. Um, and so... Gatsby's worried that Daisy's that Tom's gonna do something to Daisy, mm-hmm. and Nick is like, my friend is uh, fucking the worst person, a psycho. Um, he doesn't care about the woman that was killed. No, he says Daisy will be fine tomorrow, and yeah. if Tom tries to hurt her, she's gonna signal me, and I'll come to the mm-hmm. rescue. Mm-hmm. I think Tom can kick your ass, Gatsby. Ooh, for sure. And I also <laughs> think that. Um, so Nick kind of looks across and he sees what's going on at, at Tom's house and he realizes that everything's fine. And that Tom and, and Daisy have, like, pulled themselves back into their little world. And... That An Gatsby, intimate. And Gatsby is not part of that world. He can't no. be part of that world and will never be again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Gatsby says he's going to wait until Daisy goes to bed. And Nick walks away and left him standing there in the moonlight watching over nothing. Nothing's gonna happen. Nope. There's nothing that can happen anymore. Nope. You've lost, bro. Yep. You need to take an L. You do. But he can't. Nope. Of course he can't. Oh, this chapter is exhausting. It is, and the, the whole, like... But I, it's the best chapter of the book. The, the whole conflict is just, oh, it's insane. It's amazing to watch the power dynamics of Tom being at the bottom feeling as if he's lost his grip on Daisy. Mm-hmm. And in reading in depth that banter between him and Gatsby, him crawl his way back up. Yes. It's fascinating and beautifully constructed by Fitzgerald. Man, that's a good chapter. It is. It is. And you get to, and then you see Nick like sort of pull the veneer back and realize that this self-made man really isn't. Yeah, but also him being like this is fucked up. Tom mm-hmm. invites him in, and he's like, I'm done with you guys. No thank you. Yeah. He's disgusted, but still hasn't reached his limit, apparently. No. Oh, God. Oh, Nicky boy. Nicky, Nicky boy. Um, do we have a question? We actually don't have a question. Oh, that's right. We didn't. That's, I remember that. Because it's just, it's There's really lengthy. There's a lot to yeah. take in. Um in terms of your rating for this these these two chapters Jeez, I, I don't want to be part of any of this I think I'd still like to be a part of six yeah maybe to be in on a juicy secret yeah and like watch the interactions but I think this connects to be like your servant in the house yeah, type yeah. of situation but seven fuck no seven no way I want to be Pammy in seven because I can be like look mama I got dressed and then just, I'm so pretty and just walk away yeah <laughs> and then stay at the house when everything goes to hell you don't want to be Jordan Ooh. who's in that party legitimately has two lines during that whole chapter mm-hmm. has to sit through that yeah like, why does Gatsby want all these witnesses? I don't know. Like, does he find Nick as, like, the safety blanket? I, well, again, I think that I think that he knows a little bit that Nick doesn't have very good things to say about Tom Buchanan. Mm. So he wants Nick on his, on his side, side yes. believing that he's better from the start. Yes. What do you think Jordan feels about those two men? I think she likes Nick better than she likes Tom. No, I mean like Tom and Gatsby. Tom and Gatsby? Oh, I I think she's not impressed by Gatsby's wealth mm-hmm. in the way that, that Daisy is. Daisy is. Or but she's it charmed by it. 
Right, in that, because when they meet at that at the party in, in three, and she's just, she comes out of it and she's But she's like, flattered by the secret. Yes. And she's so, been entrusted to hold a yes. secret that's bigger than all the other secrets. Yes. And so I think she's, I think she's charmed by that aspect of him, but mm-hmm. I don't know if she necessarily likes him. She certainly doesn't like Tom, because fucking no one likes Tom. No. I don't even think Tom likes Tom. But again, she just got to witness another secret of secrets. Yeah. So her being around and her being that stoic whatever allows her yes allows her that presence in these in this chaos. What would you do if you were in that room? Like, would you just straight up leave, or Pull would the you fire try alarm. to <laughs> <laughs> like break some glass, just like make a commotion? Yeah, yeah, and be like, sorry, I don't know what happened. I feel and then like leave. fire escape. I don't know, just get out. I feel like what would work, because they're so... Like, this is the the moment where they break social convention. Yeah. They have a fight about a woman in front of witnesses. Yeah. Like, they should just fucking go to the park and take 20 paces and fucking shoot it out. But I think if you stepped into the middle room and just, like, took a shit on the floor... Yeah. (laughs) No one would be able to handle that. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not. And I don't think that's something Jordan would say aloud. No. No, probably not. That might be the kryptonite here of these <sighs> terrible people. That 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 would be the thing that would have caused Nick to pack up and go on before <laughs> everything got worse. Oh, oh, lordy me. Lordy indeed. Well, okay. Shit's hitting the fan, dudes. What could possibly be worse? Myrtle, dead. Daisy, lost to Gatsby. Nick, still in New York. <laughs> <laughs> He's making all the shitty choices of his life. Oh, boy. What could be worse? Stay You'll tuned. find out. Stay tuned to find out. Next week or something. Next or episode Next or episode, something. Next episode, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. Thank you.